Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. This is what Joshua told the children of Israel. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, hallelujah. That's another problem we got is men failing to stand up and be men and rule in their house. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. It's still in the book. He he didn't just say, well, you know, it, 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 you know I, I'm going to serve the Lord. Joshua said, as for me and my house. And same thing as what my daddy used to tell me, as long as you're under my roof. Hallelujah. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24 and 15. Father God, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for your word because it's enlightened our feet and enlightened our pathway. Speak to us now today, Lord, what you would have us to have. We pray, God, for those as we look around that's not here. We pray that you be with them. Strengthen us all from your word today. In Jesus' name, let everybody say Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to speak today from a subject titled, Choices Which Yield Eternal Consequences. Hallelujah. Choices Which Yield Eternal Consequences. Hallelujah. Anybody going to help me preach today? Hallelujah. Uh, Joshua said, you choose this day whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my house, as the saying goes, you know, you've got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. I'm fixing to tell you a little story, and this is really not my, about my message, but it has to do with what I'm talking about there where Joshua said, as for me and my house, it's another problem that we have uh, uh, in society today. Um, is men's failure to stand up with backbone and be men. Hallelujah. When you have segments of society where mamas are living in a house by themselves with three, four, five kids and no daddy around. Uh, there's a problem. A huge problem. I've told you this before. I've had situations on my school bus route 
Or I'll make a stop and pick up four or five children all in the same family from the same house and none of them got the last, same last name. And then they want to wonder how when some of them grow up that they wind up laying dead in the pool of blood in the street. It's not the police's fault. A big part is, is the failure of a man standing up to be a man if, he, if, if, he, if, if, he's, if he's good enough to, to, uh, to uh, help bring forth children into the world, then he needs to stick around and raise them. Hello? I'm fixing to tell you a story. You might think pastor's cruel, but I can't help it. Uh, I'm like Popeye. I am what I am. I had a man I worked with one time uh, come to me and ask me for prayer for his grown son to come to know the Lord and give up his drinking, his alcohol. And I began to talk to him and find out he, uh, he was a uh, 22-year-old, still living at home. And um, I said, well, um, and I, I, I'll question, I, I talk to him more. And in my conversation, I found out that he allows him to go out and buy his booze and bring it home and put it in the in refrigerator. So I told, I, I told the man, I says, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pray for you, son. He said, why? I said, until you stand up and become a man and tell him he ain't gonna bring that stuff home to your house and put it in your refrigerator, it ain't gonna do me no good and nobody else to pray for him. You see, we're in a world today that nobody wants to take personal responsibility. It's easier to blame somebody else. Hello? But a lot of the problems that we have, we bring on ourselves. There are choices that we make that has consequences to them. Somebody needs to let our young people know today that there are consequences over some things. Choices are decisions that we make every day of our life. I believe every day of our life that we, we make choices, we make decisions. Now, some of these are good, but some of them are not so good. Some of them are bad, in fact. But in either event, whether they're good choices or bad choices, the choices we make will mold our destiny and point us to an ultimate destination. Where you're sitting at right now, where you're standing at right now, a lot of times can go back to a decision or a choice you made 20 years ago or better. Amen. 
Sometimes we fail to realize that we can get ourselves in more problems in three or four minutes that it would take three or four years or longer to get out of. Now, I may, you might not have picked up already, but pastor's already preaching. I'm preaching right now. Hallelujah. The choices that we make is what molds our destiny and points us to an ultimate destination. So there are consequences to our choices in life. Hallelujah. Sometimes... Whether or not you're living a pretty comfortable life right now or kind of hard life fi financially right now might not have nothing to do with the devil or nobody else, but it could be some bad choices that you've made financially down through the years. Hallelujah. Let me relate to you a story. Now, I know the two people in this, a lot of you, I will, when I finish the story, I'll have to explain to you who uh, they are. But I do know there, there are some here that's in the same uh, club as I am that you will know these people. But this is a true story. It was a story I read about a man who missed a great opportunity by the choice that he made. It seems that he had a friend one day who gave him a call and said, Hey, go for go go a ride with me out in the country tomorrow. He says, All right. So that he picked him up the next day and they went for a ride, long ride way out in the country. They drove off the main road and drove through groves and groves of trees to a large, uninhabited expanse of land. Nothing was out there but a few horses grazing here and there and a couple of old shacks uh, halfway standing up. The friend uh, who called this other guy, his, uh, his name was Walter. They called him Walt for short. He stopped the car and got out and started to describe with great vividness the wonderful things he was going to build. Walter, or Walt, wanted his friend, Arthur. People called him Art for short. He wanted him to pitch in and buy some of the land surrounding the project in order to get in on the ground floor. But Arthur, who people called Art for short, thought to himself, who in the world is going to drive 25 miles to ride a stupid roller coaster? He looked at his buddy Walt and said, this is a crazy thing. He said, it's crazy. The logistics of the venture were staggering. Walter explained to his friend Arthur, now I got the money to handle the main project myself. 
But it's going to take all the money that I got. I'm going to have to invest everything that I have. However, the land that borders the land, uh, the center here that we're standing on now will in just a couple of years be jammed with hotels, restaurants, and convention centers to accommodate the people who will come to spend their entire vacations here at my park. He continued, I want you to have the first chance at this surrounding acreage because in the, just in the next five years, all the property that surrounds the main center here, it will increase in value by over 700 times. Art says, I'll have to give this some thought. But later on, As he told this story, Art Linkletter, who had already was well known and made a, had already made several thousand dollars in the TV business, later made this statement. He said, we had to walk. Uh, two football field links back to the car to where Walt Disney had carried me to. He said, I now realize that every step I took back to the car cost me not $100, not $1 million, but $1 billion. Because if I had made the choice to invest and bought all that land around what Walt was going to build. He said, it would have made what I've already done in my life so insignificant. He said, so every step that I took back to that car cost me a billion dollars a step. I didn't make the right choice. The choice I made cost me because true to the fact, within five or six years, all of that property around there that Art Linkletter could have owned was filled with hotels, convention centers, restaurants. Anybody anybody around anybody around here ever uh, ever seen uh, the property of uh, Dis- uh, you know Disneyland and everything around it? You imagine what that stuff is worth today. Hallelujah! The choice that he made cost him. Now I told you that to tell you this. God has told us. I've got something. Right here, that I and Brother Bobby said this. Wow, he said this and this. I heard God said I had this in my mind a long time ago, before the foundation of the world. I had a vision, just like Walt Disney had the vision. God says I've paid the price. 
for the center of it. I've got that much covered, just like what Walt Disney told Art Linklater. He said, I done got that taken care of. God says, what I want you to do is the same thing Walt Disney told Art Linklater to do. He says, I want you to have the what's surrounding what I've already planned. God. God is asking us today to come take a part uh, and, uh, and something be surrounded by something brother Jeff that he's already laid a foundation for it's a sure thing praise God hallelujah all you got to do all you got to do all you got to do all I got to do is make the right choice come on clap your hands somebody it's the truth Now, that choice, I think everybody will agree, was very significant. But let's talk about choices that we make that yield eternal consequences. Now, Art Linklater is long dead and gone. So is Walt Disney. So those things don't matter. Other people are still making billions of dollars off of them. Off of Walt anyway. But there's some choices that we make that will serve for consequences long after you're laid in the grave and people walk up and see your name on the tombstone. They're eternal consequences. One of them, let me start with the first one. There's, there's two main choices that I'm going to talk about. I could, I could go in detail with a lot of things, but for time and my time, I, I see right now I've, I've got to hurry along. But let me talk about one choice that we make that yields an eternal consequence. The first choice, I surrender. I surrender. Somebody asked me one time many, many years ago, said, why in the world do y'all Pentecostal people are all the time lifting up your hands? Hallelujah. I said, you ever, you ever watched a TV show or been out in public and seen a policeman or somebody chasing somebody and they'll raise up their hands? You know what you do when you lift up your hands? You're saying, I surrender. Right. Hallelujah. I told that guy, I said, I'm lifting up my hands to Jesus letting him know I'm surrendering to you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Every time you raise your hand towards heaven, you're letting God know you're surrendering to Him. Hallelujah. So, Sister Cassie shouldn't have to prog and beg people to lift their hands during worship. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. It's more than just show. You ain't trying to get some nobody's attention down here. You're trying to get God's attention. Hallelujah. Well, glory. Hey, God, I'm going through some stuff right now. I need some help right now. Lord, I, hey, look out. 
behind here for me. I got my hand raised, Lord. I'm surrendering to you, Lord. Woo. Glory to God. When you make the choice, when you make the choice to surrender to God, it's a choice that yields an eternal consequence. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, everybody say today. today. After so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't harden your hearts. Glory to God. If you hear in the voice of God today, today is the time to listen. Amen? The first choice I want to consider, which has eternal consequences, is the choice to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Now, now I'm going to get into some controversial things here today. But as Sister Darlene said a while ago, I'm interested in truth. I'm not interested in public opinion. I'm not interested in the religiosity of men. I'm interested in what the book says. Let's talk about this word surrender just briefly. The word surrender, according to Mr. Webster, and supposedly he's a much wiser man than I am, the word surrender means to, listen to this, relinquish, hand over, give up all rights, power, control, and authority to somebody else in the sense of becoming their prisoner. So have we really ever in our life surrendered to Jesus Christ? When you understand what that word surrender means, it means to relinquish, to hand over, to give up all rights, power, control, authority, to another in the sense of becoming their prisoner. Man, that's powerful. I mean, that sheds a little light on what we've been teaching on Wednesday night in Ephesians. This is why Paul meant what he said in Ephesians 3 and 1. Put it up there, that short verse. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1. He said, for this cause, hallelujah, I, Paul, the what? Of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. And this ain't the only place he called himself the prisoner of Jesus Christ. When you study the writing over and over, the apostle Paul identified himself as the prisoner of Jesus Christ. The only way that you can be a prisoner of Jesus Christ is that you surrender. Paul said my life was taking me one way. But I relinquished that other life. 
He said, listen, he said, I achieved above many of, of mine equals in the Jews' religion. Hallelujah. I done got up there in the big time. Hallelujah. Paul said, listen, when it come, amen, to being, amen, there a part of that religion, he said, I was not the opening act. I was the main attraction. He said, I'm, he said, all those things that I was, the life that I lived, he said, I relinquished it all. I handed it over. I gave it up. I gave up all my rights, my power, my control, my authority to another man. And that other man is Jesus Christ. So I say, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Can you honestly say, hallelujah, from the depths and the truity of your heart that you have ever surrendered to Jesus? Wow. Did you really hear that? How many in today's world are being taught the true meaning of salvation and commitment to Christ in terms of surrendering to Him. First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. What? He'd been talking to that carnal church. The church of Corinth is known as one of the most carnalistic churches that there was back in those days. Hallelujah. There was adultery, incest, and everything else going on in the church. All other kind of vices. Paul said, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not, what? Why are you not your own, Brother Jeff? Because you've relinquished it. You've relinquished. You've handed over. You've gave it up. All rights, power, control, and authority. The night God filled you with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What are you doing trying to make your own decisions? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go out here and try to buy a car without praying and asking God about it first. Go out here and buy a home without praying and asking God about it first. Go out here and changing jobs. Amen. Or especially getting married without really asking God. Hallelujah. If it's His will because you're not supposed to surrender. What rights do I have? What rights do I have, Sammy Pruitt? Well, I can talk to you about the Bill of Rights that I have as an American citizen, but they're fastly being chipped away. But when it gets down to it, I don't have them because I relinquished them a long time ago. 
I handed them over. I gave them up. Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? Verse 20. Hallelujah. For ye, hallelujah, ye, that word ye is a plural word. If he was talking to one person, he would say, for you. Ye here in the Greek is a plural word, ye. He's talking to the whole church. He's talking to everybody who's born again. Everybody's been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are whose? God's. Hallelujah. That kind of messes up that thought where God don't care about, hallelujah, my body and what I put on or don't put on, don't it? Hallelujah. That kind of relinquishes all that thought there. I'm not my own because I relinquished that. I handed it over. I gave it up all rights, all power, all control, all authority to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, we talk all the time about how our nation has left the principles which this nation was founded upon, and so that is true. But what about the organized church world? I believe one of the major reasons the government has turned is because the backslidden church has watered down the gospel and and, and and that which is being propagated by the liberal modern church. Talking about consequences? A lot of the things that's going on in the government, it's a reflection on us. It's a reflection on the stands that we take. The modern church has watered down the gospel so much. I read a long article just yesterday about a mega church right here close to us, Franklin, Tennessee. He recently shook up the whole church world. This man started out as an apostolic. He started out as an understudy of Pastor Hardwick years ago. And he told the story. I went to his church's website and read, read up some of his words. He said, yeah, he said, I was raised... Uh, uh, classical, what he called Pentecost, he said, but I've learned to broaden my horizons. Mm-hmm. 
and he's been watering down to get a mega church and Christ, Christ church itself. You know, I mean, they. Well, he's topped that. And uh, he said, uh, he gets up and tells his church, he says, from now on, he says, we're going to be the open door church. And uh, uh, we're going to allow same-sex marriages here. And you can come in, join the church, pay your tithes. He says, and I'll put, give you a position in the church. <coughs> you see, we can't blame Washington for everything. Washington wouldn't be doing half it's doing if the church hadn't backslid. I'm talking about this modern liberal church that's changed everything. And now, some of them don't even have preaching no more. We got we got we got the setup for it if we own if we had to had had the money to install it. We didn't have the money to install it. But we, we, it's, and it's wired everything, and the wire comes out up front, and we put the button on there and click a button, big old screen come down right there, and uh, they'll, they'll come in and they'll uh, show, show movies instead of preaching on Sunday or have some kind of drama or this or that, which, don't get me wrong, I'm, I, I'm not... I'm not saying some of those things are, are, are bad on its own, but I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's only one way the Bible has given us to pro propagate the gospel, and that's to preach the word. He didn't, I like good singing. I like, you know, but the Bible don't say sing the word. Hallelujah. Preach the word. Amen. That is God's choice. That is God's choice. Now, we got fewer and fewer men nowadays willing to preach the word. Those that are still preaching are preaching everything but the word. Amen. Right. Glory to God. Everybody, now, here we, here we get into the controversial part I was talking about. Everybody has accepted the easy believism which carries with it no personal responsibility, neither consequences for not obeying every precept of God's holy writ in regards to our eternal salvation. I'm talking right now about I surrender God. I told you what surrender really means. But the modern church world is just telling people, just believe. Believe in the grace of God. Believe in his love, and everything will be all right. How many thousands, hundreds of thousands of people is that lie going to doom to a devil's hell? Millions. Millions. Hallelujah. Let me make this crystal clear for those in the building and also for those who will be listening to this message today. By way of the internet. If you desire to make heaven your eternal dwelling after this life is over, you must, everybody say must. Right. 
You must surrender totally and unreluctantly to Jesus Christ and publicly declare Him as your only Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Let me move on. I've got to. Let me, one other choice and I'll quit. I talk, the choice of I surrender. Now this right here is, 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 is gets down to, to a lot of people. Uh, uh, we got a few people who's in here today who knows well what I'm fixing to talk about. You was raised up in a, or, uh, a part of a denomination who taught you once you were saved, you were always saved. I'm talking about choices that we make that have that yield eternal dividends. When you make the choice to say, I surrender to the Lord, that's a choice you made that will carry you through eternity. The second one is you make a choice and say, I quit. I quit. Bear with me just a few more minutes because this is a powerful word and God gave me this word. And I know we don't have many here this morning, but we're hearing it and seeing it all the time. We are getting all kinds of hits on our webpage and people are listening to the messages. We're getting many. Listen to this. I quit. Another choice I need to talk to you about which yields eternal consequences is after you surrender to Jesus and declare him your Lord and then for some ungodly reason choose to throw up your hands, not to raise your hands to say I surrender, but you throw up your hands and say I quit and walk away from the grace, mercy, and love which has given you hope. That will be a choice which would have, it would have been better for you, the Bible says, if you had, if you had, for you not to have ever started on the journey in the first place. Hallelujah. I don't build a doctrine on one or two verses, but I'm going to give you a couple scriptures for the lack of time and believe me I can go to scripture after scripture and I can also take the other scriptures that the people try to use to say once you're saved you're always saved you have to worry about about it no more I I can show you that if you rightly divide the word of God where that's wrong Luke chapter 9 verse 61 62 And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which at at home at my house. Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. I heard a man, a preacher one time, try to tear this up and come up with one of the craziest kind of thoughts to explain this scripture. This is what he said. He read the verse, and this is what he said it meant. Well, 
He said, you know, I'm not fit for the kingdom of God after I'm serving God. And I turn around and I look, and I look back and I say, well, look what all I've done. I've built this, I've done this, I've done That ain't what this verse is talking about. You're not rightly dividing that verse. You're, you're, you're not getting the picture of what Jesus is saying here. Jesus said in him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, or in other words, amen, giving it up and walking away is fit for the kingdom of God. Let me go ahead and give you one more scripture. Hebrews 10, 35 through 39. Cast not away, therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Leave, leave that right up there. Let, let, me, let, me, let me break that down. You got need of, of patience. That word patience right there also is translated endurance. After you have done the will of God, in other words, the will of God is repentance, baptism, being filled with the Holy Ghost. After you've done that will of God for the plan of salvation, then you're going to have to endure some things. You've got to have some patience. You've got to be willing to fight some battles. He said you've got to be willing to do that, amen, so you might receive the promise. Go ahead and re let's go further. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. My, my, my. Next verse. Now here we go. Listen to this. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. That word perdition is destruction. We're not of them that draw back. We're not of them that say, throw up our hands and say, I quit. We're not of them that takes hold of the plow and then turns around and looks back and goes another way. But we are of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Sometimes we make misstatements that give people wrong ideas. Praise God, I'm saved. Oh, really? Hallelujah. Matthew 24 says, he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, you got to you got to continue. You got to continue believing. You got to you got to have some patience. You got to endure until the saving to the saving of the soul. My, my, my. Hallelujah. <laughs> See, there's so many people got this so wrong. Don't ever give up on God or His church because He will never give up on you as long as you confess that He is your Lord and He is your God and He is your server, sir, Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. He won't give up on you. If you stumble and you fall and you mess up, He won't give up on you. 
As long as you keep trying to give, get up and keep going, He will keep helping you. He won't walk away on you. Well, yep, there's one thing about that once saved, always stuff I can, I can, I can go to. Let me, hey, the only, let me put it this way. Once you become a child of God, the only way the devil can ever have you again if you do walk away from God. Because God will not walk away from you. Hallelujah. Saw so the end today by saying, keep fighting, keep struggling. You fall down, get up, brush yourself off, keep going. If you have to come to the altar and beg forgiveness every Sunday, don't worry about what somebody else might think about you. Because you're in this thing for the long haul. Hallelujah. You're concerned about your soul, not, not that person may be sitting over on the sidelines giggling to you. It's not going to make it nowhere them on their own self. Choices which yield eternal consequences. <laughs>